you look around and people keep running out of your life and you're never quite as successful as you want to be and you're bouncing around, you're chasing shiny objects, you're not clear, you're not focused and humans seem to just really kind of repel from you. You got to go find the nearest mirror. That is the solution and the problem. And arrogance is the enemy and humility is the, is our friend. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Tommy, welcome to the Better Wealth Show. How are you? Caleb, my brother, what an honor to be here, man. We've had a great chat offline. We've done some cool name dropping. We've got a mutual friend. We've uh, <laughs> laughed. We've discussed all sorts of good politics. Just kidding, man. It's good to be here, brother. My favorite line is, your community is nothing a month. Uh, I love that. <laughs> it's almost like if you're getting so much value for what you're putting in, it is truly nothing for what you're getting. So I'm going to definitely use that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's yours, brother. Yours, brother. Take it, take it, yeah, take it. I'll give you credit. This is this I gave you credit, but ongoing, it's going to be my my term. Um, dude, you're, you have a book that I think everyone should read. And it's funny because I'm not a reader, but I listen to Audible. And so I'm going to have you read me the book for, it's just amazing, <laughs> for a few dollars for like nothing. I'm, I'm going to have you read the book. I can tell within the first three minutes, like you are going to speak directly to people that listen to the show. And so from the bottom of my heart, thank you for making this a priority. And my heart is to unlock intentional living for people. I believe that wealth is really living intentionally. And, and really, if you're going to be intentional, you need to be intentional about your time. You spend it with the talents that you've been given and the resources that you have. Um, and and money is actually really simple. Let's get clear on that and then, and then live that. And I can just tell that that you that is the life that you live. And so I don't know where we want to start. Like, I would love to get some of your backstory of like, Hey, we're in an elevator together. Give me like the short version. Why? Like you didn't come out of the womb writing a book. I'm so it's like, I'm curious about that backstory, but I just, I just want to encourage the people that are listening and watching. And I just know that it's going to take about two minutes for you to accomplish that check. So welcome, yeah, man. Thank you, brother. And I'll give you a little bit of the backstory. So if you'd have told me eight years ago, I was going to write a book, I would have laughed you told me eight years ago, I was going to be in the retreat experience and mastermind business. I would have really laughed you out of the room because I didn't believe in any of that. And thus, that's the story you're about to hear. I'll do it real quick. So I grew up real humbly, south side of Atlanta, tough part of the world, grew up in and around a lot of violence and abuse, but I wanted to be the, and I was slated to be the first person in my family to go to college. I had a full ride to a bunch of universities, but unfortunately at 18 years old, um, I became that violence and abuse that I hated so badly and uh, committed a violent crime. I was looking at seven years in prison. Uh, luckily, because it was my first adult offense, it was dropped down to two heavy misdemeanors. Thus, that's why you and I are talking today, because it would have been hard to overcome felonies. But it was dropped to two heavy misdemeanors, and I was sentenced to two years. And as opposed to going to the University of Miami or the University of Georgia, I ended up uh, locked up. <laughs> so I spent my 19th birthday in a cage. Really cool thing happened to me there, man, is uh, first real male mentor appeared in my life. He was an African-American gentleman. So for him to step over racial lines, he was in his 40s. I was 18 um, to mentor me, to hold me accountable, called me young blood, said, young blood, you're not going to become a part of this revolving door system that I've been in my entire life. And so that was pretty incredible for him to show up in my life when he, he kind of held me accountable and loved and respected me when I couldn't love and respect myself. So got out, went to work for a nuclear waste container factory during the day, putting myself through community college at night, ended up, in, did end up back at the University of Georgia, go dogs. 
And uh, I went from a jail cell to a company called Deloitte in three years, man, by just uh, outworking people, hustling and grit. So I, I went into the public accounting, financial consulting and mergers and acquisition space. Fast forward, 36 years old, and then I'll get to how and why I wrote the book. So I'm 36, got the corner office, shiny cufflinks. I mean, on the outside, you said this dude's going somewhere. He is somebody and he looks like he's going to do something great. But on the inside, brother, I never dealt with those fears, those insecurities, that anger, that rage. And so how that showed up for me, man, was arrogant guy, important guy. And arrogance is just insecurity on steroids, man. So I was arrogant and insecure, but I was loud and life of the party, buy all the drinks. And brother, when the money, the success, the wealth, the status and the power in the corner office didn't light me up, I turned to all the darkness that you see and all the cliches of Wolf of Wall Street and all that other stuff. That was me. Woke up at 36 years old, half-dressed in a ditch in downtown Atlanta, looking at the blue sky, thinking, my God, how did I get here? I was probably doing some multi-million dollar deal the week before in some boardroom. And I'm like, man, my marriage was crumbling. I was about to lose my firm, my marriage, and even more importantly, my life. And that's when I took a big breath and said, I'm going to change this. I'm going to figure out who I am, who I want to be, where I'm going, what I stand for. And I just made me my full-time job at 36 years old. I'm talking emotional strength, mental strength, spiritual strength is important to me, physical strength, and and really just figuring out who Tommy was because I didn't want to be that arrogant, insecure, felt alone, all by myself guy anymore. And when I did that, man, when I made me with coaches and mentors and therapists and reading everything I can get my hands on, listen to great podcasts like this, I mean, I was drinking from a fire hose, man. And let me tell you tangibly what happened in my life in three years. From the ages of 36 to 39, I doubled my income. I went from junior partner to senior partner to international practice leader to elected to the board of directors at one of the most prestigious firms in the Southeast. Here I am at 39, a board member, and everybody else is in their 60s. Most people are in their 60s. Income doubled, network 10X in all the right way. I went from working 90 hours a week down to 35, winning all these awards. But more importantly, my marriage went from life support to a rock. To, to something to be proud of. I found peace. I found humility. I found calmness. I found presence. I found courage. I found confidence. And it was just nuts that I went from being one of the most hated people in the firm to one of the most beloved. So how did the book come about? I never planned on leaving that world because here I am a senior partner, owner on the board of a big firm. I'd left Deloitte and gone to uh, basically a middle market competitor, but it's still a big firm. Mm -hmm. And all of my network, man, venture capitalists, bankers, lawyers, entrepreneurs, corporate executives started asking me for a beer or go for a walk or grab a coffee. And I thought we were going to network and do some business. But what they really wanted to know is, man, what did you do, dude? Because you transformed 180 your life. You went from X to Y you're happy, you're peaceful, you're, you're just not that guy, man. Can I, can I take that drug that you're taking? <laughs> I said, well, brother, it's no drug. Here's X, Y, and Z, what I did. And then when they heard the story and they heard the tools, they're like, hey, man, you need to write a book. And, you know, the book is simple. It's actionable. It's what we all want, more time, more purpose, more intimate relationships with friends and family, better network. Um, so I wrote a book about how I – I transformed my life and became more courageous and confident, mastered my mindset, all the good stuff that we talk about. And then from there, people started asking me to coach them. And from there, they asked me to, you know, why don't you run a retreat? And from there, they're like, why don't you start a mastermind? From there, what do a community and, and do experiences around the country. And so I sold my equity at 39 years old, walked away from financial certainty the rest of my life and 
chase this dream, brother. And since then we've hit Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller. We've we've created the legendary life movement for ambitious and driven men and women. And just thankful to live my purpose every day, dude. And it's led me to this unbelievable conversation with you. So thank you for letting me share that, man. That's that's my journey in, in five minutes or less. Thank you for sharing that. And I think it's it's always touching when you hear someone that's willing to open up with their problems and their like being authentic and I always admire people that are saying like, listen, like I was here, I was literally locked up in a cage when I was 19 years old. Uh, for some reason, the whole, the jail thing, and I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts. It really makes me emotional. I, it makes me emotional that kids are making decisions when they're young. That's affecting, I mean, their entire life. Um, and so I just have so much love in my heart for like, for this. And, and the fact that you are a walking testimony of someone that did the 180. Um, and you're talking 180, like you were, you had the success, but you deep down, like it was not fulfilling. Um, yeah. and so man, I, it's, there's no wonder why you're impacting speaking, why your book and community is blowing up. And it's an honor to have you on here. Yeah. Thank you, brother. And I, I'm a money is important guy, just like yourself. I'm a wealth of success is important. But brother, for me, it was a magnifying glass. And what I mean by that is I was still that scared, insecure, which came out in arrogance and loud, but I was still that scared, insecure, alone, fearful little boy. And it magnified that in all the wrong ways. And so when I found courage and self-love and self-respect and confidence and started believing in me and started believing that I truly was lovable, valuable, enough, worthy, because I was taught as a young boy that I wasn't. It was beaten into me. It was, it was you wouldn't believe the, the stuff I grew up with. And for me to overcome that, to rewire that, to stop telling myself that story and to start rewriting my story. And the reason, you know, the reason I love what I do, man, is I get to talk in the mirror all day. And this is stuff that keeps me on the tracks. Like if I don't do the simple tools and actions that I believe in so dearly that I buy, I, I'm a coach that I still work with a coach. I'm a mass, I'm a, in, I run masterminds and I'm still in a mastermind. So I walk this walk and it's to keep me alive. It's to keep me healthy. It's to keep me grounded and help me to serve others. And we, I think what separates us, dude, is we give people the gift of going second. We let them know they're not alone. We let them know they're not alone in their ambitions, their desires, their fears, insecurities. We share wisdom and not advice because we've been there. And we give them simple, executable tools on how to be more successful in business, how to be more successful in leadership, and most importantly, how to be more successful in life and relationships, brother. Yep. Well, I'm, I'm a big fan of frameworks. And I think that if, if you can't break something down in steps or a way of thinking, then it's just like, man, you're a great speaker, and then you're going to die someday, and then it's going to fall away because it's, it's, you know, it's got to be bigger than you. So what is the framework for legendary life? Like, what is the, um, you get hit by a bus and I'm reading kind of like a step-by-step -step manual and asking questions. What, what does that look like? And how can I audit to say like, how legendary am I living right now? And what do I need to shift in my life to make it happen? And I'm famous for the 20 questions in one. So I apologize, but I'm just, is I, I would love to know the framework of how you think. Well, the first thing, and I completely agree with everything you just said prior to that question, is it's got to be simple, it's got to be clear, and it's got to be actionable. This isn't theory. I mean, these are, these are actionable to-dos in whatever area of your life you want more happiness, you want more success, a better relationship, do you want more money, a better network, more time, do you want to get that voice out of your side of your head that keeps telling to 
all these nasty things? Do you want more self-confidence, self-courage, self-respect? Do you want to live a good life? And so Legendary is a toolkit. And what I love about it is that it's an aspirational book for me, brother. If you t- if you asked me if I'm legendary, I was like, no, but I'm working my butt off to get there. And I, I work my butt off on honoring the core values and the principles of the book. So what does that look like for you? So first of all, I believe legendary is given to us. It's not something, you know, people say, well, I'm an influencer. Or I'm this, I'm that. Well, influencer is a title that's kind of given to you. <laughs> and remember whether you're an influencer or you're legendary, you can be a really bad legendary person or a really good legendary person. But what I love about the, the title is it's aspirational and it's something given to us by our community, our friends, our network. And, you know, no one at the end of the day is going to read our resume when we die. They're going to remember what impact we made, how we touched their lives, what we said, what we did, and and more important. So that's, to me, what Legendary is. And if you ask me, where does it all start? What's the linchpin? Where does it all begin for all of us? Every single person that comes, whether it's a one-on-one coach or someone who wants to be in a retreat or join the mastermind community, they all want, we all want the same thing. We want more money. We want more time. We want more purpose in our life. And we want a better network. I mean, that's what people come to me for. What they need (laughs) is self-awareness and self-leadership because it starts with us first. And we've screwed up the paradigm, man. And takes one to know one. I did it for 37 years and I've been walking the other path for 10. The paradigm we do, we say our friends and family are first. That's BS. It really is our career, our business, my tribe, right? People who are ambitious and driven. We yeah. put our entrepreneurship, we put our careers, and we put our businesses first. Let's just call a space. Your space. perception of your value or the validation you get from others. That's what you actually think about all day long is what how other people perceive you. Correct. So we put that first and then we put our friends and family second and then we put ourselves last. Mm-hmm. And that, that is completely backwards. And so where does it all begin? So you know, we'll tell it, we're going to help you get more successful and a better network, more money, more time, more person, blah, blah, blah. We're going to help you with all that. But it all comes down to self-awareness, knowing thyself. It's the number one failure in leadership. It's the number one failure in businesses and friendships, life, relationships is knowing thyself, self-awareness. So we want to take people from ignorance to awareness, to transformation. And we want to help them be, love themselves, lead themselves. Cause the hardest thing to lead is ourselves, respect themselves be self-confident, be courageous, be clear and stand in their own power and not put so much, not letting other people who don't matter, matter. So we always, we always spoon feed them, you know, okay, we're going to help you with your leadership and your business and your culture and your company and make more money. We're going to do that. We're going to get to it, but it all starts with you. And so we shift the paradigm and the, the most selfless thing we can do is lead, love, respect ourselves, and stand with confidence, courage, optimism, and authenticity. So that's what we truly, men, ambitious men and women, that's where we start. Because we it's not if life happens, it's when, right? Mm-hmm. And our money, our title, our respect, our friends, our family, our shiny things, our clothes, our reputations, those can go away like that. They can be taken away from us. Sometimes our fault, sometimes not our fault. And if we can stand in our own power with courage, confidence, self-love, self-respect, shoulders back, head up, when those things happen in our lives, we run to the fire and not away from the fire. So we're in the self-leadership business. I mean, don't get me wrong. We spend a lot of time talking about business success, money, tools for money. Yeah, that's the world I came from for 20 plus years. But we want to make 
we want to help magnify that money and that success, that wealth with you being the best version of yourself, you being the best man, woman, husband, wife, leader, parent, or whatever adjective you want to describe to yourself in this modern day world, a cat who recognizes himself as a snowball. We want, we want you to be the best cat snowball that your heart desires. And so that's what we're about is about leading ourselves, personal accountability, extreme ownership and doing the daily reps to get your heart muscle, your mind muscle, and if it's important to you, your soul muscle strong. So that's that's where we start, by the way. Right, right. I love self-awareness and I feel like, hello, a lot of leadership and a lot of people can get better <laughs> with self-awareness. I love, uh, love that. Including you um, and I, we can yeah, always get better. <laughs> amen, man, amen. So many questions I have. It's, it's interesting, interesting observation. The big money epiphany that I had was I was looking around and I was saying the best investment is not your house, is not the market, not even your business, it's actually yourself. And what's interesting is so many people would come to me, they're making like a fraction of a penny as far as salary goes. And they're asking me what investment they should make. And it's right. just so clear to me. It's like, I don't make any money telling you this, but you got you to gotta invest in yourself because until you're um, you know, running it all four cylinders, like, man, you're leaving so much on, out on the table. So it's interesting because that's the philosophy that we have in our wealth from a standpoint of like super number one is get really, really clear in what you want. Then it's audit. And the number one person you need to audit is yourself because nothing else matters if you're not at a place where you have clarity and, and self-awareness. And so we're very aligned there. But then the next question is, okay, that that happens. One of the things is it's like you said, like a cat, could be the best snowball cats cat snowball which i like because you're kind of avoiding like hey listen i don't care how you see yourself like just make sure you're the best version you do you and you do you well <laughs> there's a flip side to that that could say like do you if i'm like i'm what if i see myself as like some something that i'm not and i'm not being self-aware do do at what so what does self-awareness mean to you because at the end of the day you probably don't care at the end of the day what I think about myself. Maybe you do, but it's like, I guess my question is, it's like, how can you say on one hand, you do you, but then also have self-awareness being like the core pillar and do they conflict at all? Because you could just be lying to yourself. Cause I know a lot of people that are lying to themselves and are getting less self-aware thinking they're self-aware. Yeah. That's a outstanding question. And I swore to myself I would never read this book because I every time I judge something, I'm wrong. Every time. Every time. I'm wrong. And I wasn't just wrong. I was flat wrong. And so I was in a car recently, and I'm going to answer your question because it's, yeah. it's spot on to what I just read. And it was The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F, right? It was that, I, that I love that book, by the way. Yeah. And man, it is not only geniusly written, well said, simple, actionable, and I agreed with every word he said in the book. And now I'm a, now I'm a mark. I think it's Mason or Manson Zealot, by the way. And so thank you, Mark, for, uh, again, I know he doesn't give an F, but uh, he proved me every time I judge something, I'm wrong. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. The reason I say that is people who put themselves up on a pedestal who haven't earned it, there's, there's, there's only so much acting as if, and he calls it entitlement. And I couldn't agree more. And we've got to really look in the mirror and, we can't forget the core values of being a good human. Yeah. You know, again, arrogance is just insecurity on steroids Correct. and it's loud. It's um, obnoxious. People run from it. So what I would say to those people, if you look around and people keep running out of your life, 
and you're never quite as successful as you want to be, and you're bouncing around, you're chasing shiny objects, you're not clear, you're not focused, and humans seem to just really kind of repel from you, you got to go find the nearest mirror and know that's the pro that is the solution and the problem. And arrogance is the enemy and humility is the, is our friend. I mean, it's our friend, but we can't lose the, the art of being a good human being, kindness, compassion. I don't think you have to be nice to people because I think niceness is earned. I think you do have to be a kind person. What's the you, difference between kind and nice? Um, kind is just a way of being that's doing unto others as you would, it's the golden rule. Like all the great religions talk about it. It's yeah. about, it's about coming from a place of compassion, empathy, uh, treating others as you would treat yourself and being, just being an overall kind human being. Niceness to me is earned and not all human beings have earned the right for you to be nice to them. And I call that forceful compassion and boundaries. Um, you know who those people are in your life. You don't have to be nice to them. You can be kind, but also forceful boundaries. But what we, you know, humility is, is our friend and arrogance is the enemy. And what we have to do is usually those folks, and it's not that they're, they might be completely unaware of it. They might be completely unaware that they're acting out of their core values and values. And that's why I always say we want to take people from ignorance to awareness. But here's the problem with awareness is you can't become unaware. And you can use awareness as an anchor of shame to hold you down, or you can use it as a platform to take action to do better. And that's where true transformation. And once you start transforming, what we want you to do is get to the master and leader level. Mastery is a thousand reps of getting self-confident, self-strong, courageous, humble, peaceful, present. But then you got to teach it. So once you become a master of it, you got to teach it. And that's where leadership actually happens. Are you a fan of like Stephen Covey? You think with the end oh, yeah. in mind, one tool that I- Reverse engineering, baby. Yeah. One thing that I love to do is like, if ever I feel pride, whenever I get those feelings, I just remind myself that I'm going to be dead in a hundred minus years. <laughs> and there's somebody always ahead of you, brother. And yeah, you poop. Yeah, you snot. And yeah, you yeah. will die. <laughs> well, and, and someone once told me, because I was, I was meeting someone like really nervous and they're like, they put their pants on the same way you do. Um, and they once stood where you stood. Right. Um, even, you know, it's interesting. I, I tend to gravitate more towards self-made people. Yeah. Um, it seems to be more of my tribe, but I have friends who you, you can't, you can't pick what color your skin is or your eyes or whether you're a girl or boy, um, where you grew up. And, um, even the people who were born with extreme wealth, it comes with so many more challenges yeah. and shadows and ghosts and and they it's really really difficult so that, you yeah. know pride is so interesting someone's always ahead of you and if you look up to them hopefully you look up yeah. to them and applaud them and not envy them right so pride and envy are are those yeah. are those are pits of torture brother yeah and it's it's also interesting because it's like what are we actually going for because Warren Buffett's 91 years old worth 120 billion i wouldn't trade places with him no so it's just, it's just interesting. I mean, it's just one of those like, yeah, Warren's got me on the net worth, but it's interesting because I don't know if Warren would trade places with me. I don't, I don't know. He's probably lived a great life, but at, at the end of the day, it's, we, it, it's interesting. Our energy goes to what we value. And I think there's so many things that we can talk about here. What do you think is holding people back? I mean, obviously someone's listening to this. They, they listen to me and I, I had the opportunity to interview a lot of incredible people. What's the difference between getting excited and having like that dopamine hit 
and then just continuing to do your own thing. Cause I just, there's one thing that I could help one person if they're listening to this is help them get out of the jail cell that they're put themselves in voluntarily. I'm going to give you a really long winded answer. Hopefully this will be clear. So make it, make me be clear here. What's holding them back is fear. A hundred percent fear. And that's okay. What I want everyone to hear who's, whether it's a relationship issue, you're not as successful as you want to be. It's a money thing. You feel like your time's out of control. You lack purpose. You hate your job, whatever it is. Um, or you just have this voice inside your head that won't shut up. That tells you what if they figure out, I don't know what I'm doing or I'm not good enough or I'm not pretty enough or blah, 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 blah. Um, and I'm going to tell you, so what I want people to hear is they're not alone um, in their fears, their worries, their insecurities, and they're not enough. And we all have it, including this guy right here talking on the microphone. So I still have it. That's why I do the work every single day. The second thing I think holds people up is change is hard. And we, we hold ourselves to an ideal and the ideal is like swimming to the horizon. You never actually get there. So what people have to do is turn around and measure where they have been. Just start somewhere, start simple, start small, think big. And I'm going to give you some easy tools. And here's, here's the problem with modern day. Cause we we're just inundated with what I call poison, And I'm going to tell you where that poison comes. And it is 24 hours, seven days a week. And it comes in the form of social media. Look at how much division, envy, jealousy, Instagram, fabulous, LinkedIn, successful, politics. Everybody became an expert on, you know, infectious diseases overnight. And so if you really look at those feeds, what goes into your eyes and ears goes into your heart and comes out garbage in, garbage out. Think about our 24-hour news networks, left and right. It's just division, poison, hate. And I loved what someone said to me recently, and I think this was on The Social Dilemma. Like, if you're not paying for a product, you are the product. And and they're wanting to manipulate your ears, your eyes. All of a sudden, Bob, who was your friend three days ago, voted for somebody different than you. Now you got to hate Bob and go to war. That's just silliness. You, you said it before we got on the podcast. I love this term. Do you want to be a sheep or a lion? And, and do you want to be the puppet or the puppeteer? So one of the easiest things you can do is shut that stuff off. Because if you've got poison going in your eyes and ears or 24-hour news, even what you want. And I'm not saying not have fun and watch Netflix, but even look at the stuff you're watching on Netflix. What Look what sells. War, sex, affairs, scandals, death. And that's just poison. And it doesn't grow you. So the easiest thing, know you're not alone in your fear and insecurity. No change is hard, but start simple, think big. So first thing I would tell you to do is eliminate it. Get out of that prison. You got to eliminate the noise. Get it out of your life. And you probably have three or four. If you're an angry, unhappy, judgmental, cynical, rageful, uh, just gossiper, chances are the four or five people you hang out with are those people as well. (laughs) It's yeah. okay. You can fire yourself first. Go find yeah. the nearest mirror. Fire that side of you because there's a good side of you too. Fire mm-hmm. that side of it. Start slowly eliminating those people out of your life. So eliminate the negatives. Step one. Step two, what is it that you want more of in your life? Start there. Listen to a podcast on that subject yeah. and apply it. It's intentional action. Listen to Legendary. Go back and find yeah. the chapter that's applicable to your life and work that chapter. But you got to have the intention of being better, but you've got to take action. So eliminate the negative and start doing what I call lifting the weights, emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical weights to make yourself a little bit better. And it has compounding. Into, I'm going to get off my soapbox. 
one daily action done every day, one simple action yeah. done every day has it's, it's compounding interest, man. And it works in money. It works in success and it works in our lives, but yeah. we have to do the work, take intentional action. Yeah. Moth soapbox, soapbox off. I love it. I, the problem with your, your, rants is you give me like 10 talking points and I can only take a couple, uh, due to time. Um, I love what you're saying about self-awareness about fear. I actually, I think fear is the number one reason people just don't do certain things and maybe they can't even tell you what they're afraid of, but I think fear is so toxic. Um, whether it's afraid of what your parents think, what your friends think of failing. And that's one thing. And you correct me if I'm wrong, but when you go to jail, um, does that, is that, do you have an advantage over people? Cause you're like, well, that would be, I wouldn't, well I wouldn't recommend route, right? that advantage. I wouldn't yes. recommend that route, but, but yeah, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, rock guess, bottom. Like, the, the, what is the average billionaire goes bankrupt multiple times. It's like when you, when you were not afraid of the worst case scenario and Oh, by the way, if you're listening to this in the United States of America and have at least one friend, like we're that's like puts you ahead of 90 plus 99.9, man. So it's just one of those things is perspective. Right. But it's what was interesting to me. And I, I had a very cushy life and I'm actually, this is special. I'm in my childhood bedroom, but like at 21, I left to start better wealth and I had money in the bank. I stayed at home to save money kind of deal. So I didn't, I didn't, I was never afraid of being on the street, but I had so much anxiety and fear of like failing of people I don't even talk to anymore. Like that. So it's just, Mm. it was interesting. And I actually read thing and grow rich. And I was like, Oh, like it was, I was reading like, Oh, some people are afraid of like death. And some people are afraid of what other people think of them. And for me, for me, I had a mirror experience to be like, okay, am I okay? If this stuff happens. And I realized like, it would be a shame if I went through life and regretted something. And so kind of like my, my like filter or metric is, am I going to regret this? If that's the case, don't like, I don't want regret in my life. That's why I walked away from the firm, by the way, is I knew if I stayed out of just the money I was making and not wanting to chase the stream and get in the arena, I would regret it the rest of my life. Right. And for me, the ultimate metric is knowing that we're going to die someday. Um, and that, that's and maybe maybe for you, it's different. But I always go like, OK, um, I'm only given so much time and opportunity cost says I'm having this conversation with you. I'm not able to talk to anybody else. And so let's make the most of this and be present. Um, you said something there that I want to I want to echo because I I think we're given three gifts. I think we're given the gift of life. I think we're given the gift of choice, and it's really the only thing in our control is our choices. Yeah. And I think we're given the gift of death because we're not we really don't know how long we're going to be here. Yeah. Um, and what I would tell people who are afraid and scared is you're not a you're not alone, and b stop letting people who don't matter matter. Um, and the only metric that really matters is measuring against yourself. Are you showing up a little bit better than you did yesterday? And the last thing I'll say, and then I won't go down this path is the reason you're afraid is shame. It's not guilt. It's shame. Guilt is I've done something bad. I punched Caleb and I, you know, it's out of my integrity zone. I'm guilty of that society. You, my friends, I'll hold myself accountable. That's guilt. Mm -hmm. Shame is I am bad. And we are inundated with shame all day, every day, news, media, social media, bad teachers, unconscious parents. And it's just shame, shame, shame. And that shame gets in there and we don't think we're enough. We don't think we're worthy. We don't think we're lovable. And we don't think we can do it because success is out there. Happiness is out there. And that's just shame. And it's a lie. 
And you can stop telling yourself that story and rewrite your story. But again, you've got to take intentional actions. Know you're not alone. And the only metric that really matters, because no one's really thinking about you anyway, don't let people who don't matter matter and measure against yourself. How do you measure against yourself? Like, is there like, how do you actually do that? So what I do, I, I actually have, and I learned this recently, by the way. So there's a great book called The Gap and the Gain. Highly recommend it. Um, I don't know if you've read it. It was our book club for last quarter. Love the book by, by Dan Sullivan and Ben Hardy, right? I'm going through it the second time and working it. Um, I like to work books now. Like I like to apply them into my life. Mm-hmm. And what they've taught me, and I think they did such an excellent and simple job of making it clear is how do I measure against myself? Is I look at, I look at my relationship with my wife. I look at my friendships. I look at my business and I look at my personal growth and personal mindset. And I measure back from 90 days ago. And have I done the work? Have I done the reps? Have I improved? What learnings? I look at all failures as like, and by the way, from 39 to 48, I didn't just land in legendary. I fiddled and farted and, and screwed around and made some mistakes, made some bad investments, failed twice. So this was not a just a smoothless journey from the firm to this. But I also look at those as learnings and not failures. And so I measure against myself in the categories that's important to me, relationship, friendships, health, business, money, mindset. Those are the things that are really important to me um, in making impact, especially on the legendary life movement. And I also measure against myself on a leadership category because I'm constantly working with a leadership coach myself um, to be the best leader that I can be and stand there with confidence and optimism and authenticity and, and show up and be clear and be consistent. And so I measure back from 90 days. And let me tell you what I do every time I go before I go to bed. And I learned this from them as well. I do three gratitudes when my wife and I are here together because we travel a lot separately is I always do those out loud. And then I think about the three things that I won for the day. And what do those wins give me? They give me gratitude. They put me in the present moment. They give myself some self-love and they're celebratory. And then I think about what are the three wins I want to have tomorrow. And that's how I finish my day every day. Thank you for explaining that because I think that's the practicality that can that that's a tool and a tactic that's not going to make you self-aware, but can is is something as a verb, is an action that self-aware um, legendary people do. And so thank you. Thank you for that. One, one quote that comes to my mind as you speak is by a guy named Andy Stanley. And he says, the value of your life is always measured by how much of it was given away. And that's another, another being like, Oh, you said earlier, no one's going to care about your resume. No one's going to read your resume. When you pass away, they're going to be talking and laughing and crying about the experiences, the thing, the things that you gave of yourself to them. And I think, there's something really powerful about so that. So Andy lives right down the road, by the way. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm a big fan. So yeah. when, when you see him, let him know that uh, there's there's people that have been impacted by his work. He wouldn't know me from the man on the moon, but I definitely know who he is. And uh, if you don't know who Andy is, look him up. He is he is a special, special human. Yeah. Fun fact, I actually, he was one of the few people I've tried to learn to speak more like because he's a very gifted communicator. So it's just... So is his dad, by the way, his dad was a, a, Charles was a big gifted communicator as well. Yeah. Speaking of some Georgia boys now, these are all Georgia boys. (laughs) You you mentioned, you know, name dropping. I just, I'll just keep it, keep it going. This is the Better Wealth Podcast. And so a lot of people on here, you know, having questions about wealth and how they can 
be more intentional with their wealth. You have very successful people, part of your mastermind. If you, if you had to give me like the wealth framework of how you see wealth and how someone can become more wealthier, let's, let's assume clarity, self-awareness is, is dialed in. Um, what's the next step when you're self-aware and clear, what, what's the next step into getting wealthy? If we're saying we're clear, we're aware, and we're working on ourselves, I'm going to assume you're starting to cultivate what I call an abundance money mindset and not a fear-based scarcity mindset because it's super, super important because it will get in your way, especially when it comes to generating, creating wealth. So I'm going to put all that aside as you got to learn that money is a scorecard Mm -hmm. and wealth is a long-term scorecard, right? Right. And so for me, you've got to learn what area do you, and to me, what I've because I do have some super successful in my mastermind, especially my one-on-ones and masterminds. I think our top guy or gal right now, our family is about 800 million. That's, that's crushing it, man. Um, and, but I, I, you know, again, they're laser focused. The number one thing they invest in is themselves and, or their business probably and themselves and their business. It's, it's hard to get wealthy working for somebody else. You can be uber successful and build long-term wealth with investing, real estate, savings, alternative investments, all that good stuff. It just takes a longer time, but the risk is a whole lot less when you work for someone else. So if you want to get, you've got to invest in you and your business and stay laser focused. And for me, I, I don't invest in anything I don't understand. And I love real estate I love, I mean, we own a hotel up in North Georgia, which is a part of the legendary life movement. We don't, we run, that's our home base, but we also, it's, it's generating cash flow to the public when we're not up there doing our things. And so for me, I understand real estate and I understand it well. Um, I diversify. Um, I don't, I used to, I've, I used to take a whole bunch of classes on derivatives and stocks and options and, and bonds. And, but I, I trust experts to do that. So I diversify there. Um, I do do some angel investing, but to me, it's to stay laser focused, to stay clear, pick a direction and become an expert in it. So you got to learn money. You've got to learn cash flow. You got to learn profitability. You got to learn risk. You've got to learn basic accounting. I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs suck at accounting. And if you suck at accounting, you're going to be, you're going to fail. And you're, you have to have a general understanding of profit loss, cash flows, balance sheets, and ask the difference between assets and liabilities. You have to know this. Um, if you don't, you will fail. Yep. So get crystal clear, get the basics of finance, get the basics of accounting, learn legal structures, learn insurance, and go build. Because if you don't understand all that, if you turn on a business network show and whatever word you don't understand, go look it up. Yeah, that's great Because advice. their job is to talk over you. <laughs> Their job is to talk over you. Go look it up and truly understand it because they want you to feel scared. They want you to feel insecure and they want you to feel like they're the expert. You become the expert. Let me tell you a good book and, you know, whether you like it or not, he did a really nice job. And you don't don't hate the messenger, no matter how you feel about this guy. This book, Unshakable by Tony Robbins. Okay. I, was, I, was, I was hoping you weren't going to pull uh, Dave Ramsey's book out. No, nah, so Dave's just... style is not my style. Um, I, I'll, yeah. I've got a Dave Ramsey opinion I'll give you in a second. I'm not big on giving opinions. But to me, just the basics of money, the basics yeah. of cash flow, investing, life yeah. in a very short is unshakable because he did it with um, another guy. that Oh, Peter Malouk, who's really, really yeah. successful. Um, real quick on Dave. what I, I, I equate – this is going to sound terrible – I equate Dave to like AA, 
like it really saves a lot of people's lives. It's really yeah. basic. It's really simple. And it's ridiculously conservative. I know for a fact, Dave does not live that way, but it really helps a lot of people understand. Right. I, I am much more risk tolerant. I like using other people's money. I like doubling down with risk and man, I, I, I just do not apply to his philosophies, right. but I think for 99% of the population, it's probably good advice. Honestly. Right. Yeah. I'm actually in the same boat. Um, I think Dave's helped a ton of people. And for that, I, you know, there's, there's nothing I can say, or there's nothing wise for me to say that's against that. And at the same time, he's really clear with his message and you have to be, because if he gives examples, he's not, he's not serving. So he's got to pick his group of people, which is people that need, should cut up their credit card, should pay off their debt, probably should pay off their house. And in me saying that I, part of me dies inside, but it's the, it's, it's the wisdom of knowing who you're talking to. Now, the tough thing is I know, I know some people that should be in your high end level mastermind that are trying to be debt free. And as a result, they're not investing in themselves. Right. And, and maybe not stewarding currency because what is money? It's, it's debt notes. So it's just like, it's just one of those things where if we take a step back, we realize that it's all, it's all big, one, one big pot. Um, I've seen Dave's house. He has crushed it. <laughs> so you, you can't fault his success, man. <laughs> yes, I, I agree with that. Man, is there anything? Here's a question. People that have read your book twice, what do they tell you that they've gained the second time that they missed the first time? Yeah. You know, it's interesting is everybody reads it twice. What, what I, here's the pro tip, by the way, is listen to it or read it all the way through and then go back and work the section. Um, they all go back to different nuggets and they say it's a book that's meant to be worked, not read. And I don't want you to think you're reading a workbook because it's simple. It's quick. It's only, if it's a listen, I think it's four hours. So it's super, super quick. But what they tell me is they go back and they pick up these golden nuggets or quotes and let me be clear, none of this wisdom came from me. I just made it a flavor that it's apparently digestible and that people like to read. That's why I hit bestseller. All of this from Covey to Napoleon Hill to Tony Robbins to I, the, all of this knowledge was given to me. I've applied it in my life and I've made it my flavor. And so people who've read the book two, three, four, five times, you know, I've read it a hundred because I had to write the damn thing. Um, but the but they go back and they work it. And what's amazing is the emails I get, the text I get with the journal notes. And you'll see a, a testament to Dave Ramsey in there because I think his book, Total Money Makeover, when it comes to blocking and tackling and the basics, I think, it's a, I think it's almost like the Holy Bible. But that's not how I do my life. And I say that clearly in there, but it does work. So I think people go back and, and rework sections and we never have it all together. So I've had people that mm -hmm. have, I had a guy hug me in the airport recently. He goes, man, you saved my marriage. And I'm like, that's my why. That's my why. That also may, almost makes me tear up saying it because it, it saved my marriage as well. And so um, people who go back through it, they work it. Yeah. They, they're not just reading it. Like I think all books, especially Napoleon Hills and, and, and mm -hmm. mine are meant to be read, digested and taking that you take the action on it. And right. again, pick one thing and apply it to your life and just work that yep. one thing. Compound effects, another one that's just world-class and yep. badass that needs to be worked as well. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for being so intentional. Thank you for being willing to share your story. And, um, it, the funny thing is you you're making a lot more money <laughs> and a, a massive impact now versus when you stepped away, but you didn't know that there's no, no guarantee of that. And, um, 
the world's a better place because of those decisions. So you're a walking example of someone that's living a valuable life. Question for you, and this is, I kind of end all the podcasts with this. If this was your last day on earth and you're with the people that you love the most and you couldn't give them your book, you couldn't give them any interview, you couldn't give them anything other than that conversation, what would you make sure to cover and highlight in that last conversation with them? I think I would listen more than I spoke. Um, I think I would give them sincere and utter complete gratitude and love for just honoring me, showing up in my life, mentoring me, holding me accountable. I have a rule for my friends and family. Do they make me happy or do they make me better? And all of those people that would be in that room with me, I would just make sure they knew they've made me happy. They made me better and how much, how grateful and how much I love them. That's what I would say. But I would listen more than talk because I, I like to listen. <laughs> Tommy, thank you. How can the Better Wealth community get your book, be a part of what you're doing? What's the best way to, to support <clears throat> this movement and become legendary? So the, the, the book is everywhere. It's in Audible. If, you, if my Southern accent doesn't bother you, I will read it to you. Um, it's in electronic. It's hard book, softback. It's at all your, I don't want to say one store because the others get mad. It's at all those stores. You'll find it anywhere. Uh, and, and a lot of airports and train stations too. Um, if what we say is resonating with you, um, check us out at tommybreedlove.com. We're still getting the Legendary Life Movement website up and going. Um, it's not as sexy as I want it to be. It's out there. I just, I think now they're going to go look and see what unsexy websites look like. Um, but if you're interested in a retreat or a community or a men's and women's group programs or masterminds, man, just come check us out. Dip your toe with us. Check us out on social. I, I know I've been beating the hell out of social while I'm here, but we put out, you know, love, life, wealth, tactics. You know, we're not, we're not putting out politics and, and hate. We're just putting out goodness. And so read the book, listen to the book, check us out online. But you know, if, if what we're saying is running, come check us out in our community. It's our entry level investment. Or if you've got real courage and, and, you know, want to grab your, uh, your, your inner fortitude and want to take the courage to go through one of our executive and entrepreneurial men's and women's retreats, carpe diem, because I'll be right there with you facilitating it. And I look forward to seeing you. Amazing. Tommy, thank you, man. Thank you for showing up. And I'm uh, better for this conversation. And we'll be listening to your lovely Southern accent in a few days. Uh, just as I just bought your book while we, we've been talking, that's how easy this is. Uh, and it's, it's a blast. I can tell you're so much more uh, electronically astute than I am. Let me just say again, uh, go be wealthy, go be happy and live, love and matter. I think Brendan Burchard says that it says that, and yeah, go, go live a life of purpose and significance. And hopefully we'll all leave this world a little bit better. And my friends, that is legendary. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.